0: Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. Alright, it's Razzle Dazzle time! I'm your host, Jared. I'm Patrick. Because guy, Joe! Hello, hello. So, I've been playing a lot of Persona 5, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, so, uh, there's, uh, they, ha- they added this new thing in Persona 5 Royale called the Thieves' Den, which is like this little, like, collectible area where you can spend tokens you collect and... You beat challenges in the game, and you can get like the collectibles. So, a lot of collectibles collectibles that you can decorate your Thieves' Den with, right? And so, so far, my Thieves' Den is looking a little lacking, if I'm being honest. It's a little empty, Mm -hmm. but that's not what I'm there for. I spend most of my time because they have this card game called Tycoon. I, dude, oh my gosh, my brain is just like, I'm just obsessed with this game it's it's great
1: I just a game within a game yeah
0: and it's just a simple card game but like the rules for it and like the it's just the way it's played because basically like uh, you get you get ranked like first to fourth place fourth place gets zero points first place gets 30 but it's three rounds and if the person at fir- who got first place at any point loses they automatically or doesn't get first place. They automatically get dropped to zero, or for that round, they get put as the beggar, which is the guy who gets zero points, and they start out as the worst person for the next round. And it's like, it's it's so fun because you're just like gambling, whenever you're the guy who wins, you're gambling everything so that you can keep winning or else you'll lose. And ah, I love it so much. But anyway.
1: I'm glad you found a hobby within a game.
0: A game within a game that I absolutely cannot get enough of.
1: Do you like the game within the game more than the game itself? Oh
0: no 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 no! Persona Five is beautiful. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) play Persona Five for Persona Five. Tycoon is just an added beautiful thing. Amen. Hey, what are you guys playing?
1: I'm working through Life is Strange. I like to do each episode in one sitting. I don't want to like pause it in the middle of a choice and be like, "Oh, I'll pick it back up." I want to like get it all done in one one go. And it's and I've just been waiting for the time to do that, which I might do this uh coming like tomorrow. But other than that, I've just been doing schoolwork and it sucks. Diff. Yeah.
2: Same what about I, you, Jared? I've, been, I've been I've been catching up on my stats homework and stuff, but uh other other than that, I have been still playing Xenoblade. I'm I'm almost there. I am so close. I'm like technically ninety nine percent done. I just have Like, one to two more things to do, and I'll be done with Definitive Edition. And I'll be happy. Nice. I do want to say, for the listeners who don't know, later this week, August 6th, is the 34th anniversary of Metroid. Wow. Yeah, right? 34 years of Metroid, and... I want to take this time to uh, talk about it. You know, that's what this whole episode is about. And I I just want to open up by saying Metroid is one of the most influential games in video game history. Mainly because an entire genre of games comes from... uh, Developers taking inspiration from Metroid, the the genre is obviously called Metroidvania. The other half being Castlevania, but you know still Metroid as well, and um, having this basic concept—not basic, at least this concept of. Let me put it this way, okay. The basic arc of a Metroid game is. You know, a a journey of emotions, isolation, anxiety, empowerment, and then at the end of it all, you know, triumph, right? Metroid, again, literally pioneered this entire genre of Metroidvania with, you know, this type of formula. And obviously, the impact of it, of this design philosophy, if you will, is still felt today. If, if it wasn't for Metroid, we wouldn't have your Shantae's, your Hollow Knight, your Dead Cells, your Ori. You know? It's it's all things half kind of thanks to Metroid.
0: The world would be a much
2: sadder place. It would
1: be, do I think, honestly think. <laughs> do you think to an extent it's Halo is inspired by Metroid? I definitely do.
2: Uh, I can totally see a lot of... Um, a lot of inspiration is being drawn, at least, you know, uh,
1: through... Designer sense.
2: Yeah, visually, yeah, for sure. Just look at look at Samus and her Varia suit compared to the Spartan suit with Master Chief. You can see some similarities, for sure, you know? Oh, yeah. And there's this whole thing going on with, you know, self-destruct sequences between both series, which is a staple, you know? <laughs> uh... And I do want to say... Uh, just to continue on uh, a lot of big portions of Metroid uh, I'll go with like the isolation part you are this one bounty hunter sent out to either an entire planet, space stations to multiple planets right to uh, do a certain big task for example the first three games you are Defeating an evil AI program called Mother Brain and exterminating an entire species, which is you know the Metroids themselves. You you don't play as someone called Metroid for those of you who don't know. You play as Samus Aran who kills these alien lifeforms called Metroids who are um, created as a weapon and are very dangerous to the galaxy. You know that whole type of stuff. But again, the whole isolation aspect of Metroid. You are alone. There is nobody there to help you. You and yourself is all you have. You, your wits, your cleverness, and your weapons, of course. The, that part of the isolation can drag on into the anxiety of a lot of different parts within each Metroid game. For example, the self-destruct sequences. I absolutely hate them. Because I'm like, I'm not gonna make it in time. I'm not gonna make it. I'm, I'm, I'm too slow. I, I oh man, I messed up while jumping. Oh my god, you know,
1: It adds that pressure.
2: It does add that pressure. It's
1: like the drowning music from uh, Sonic.
2: <laughs> it's ex- True. almost exactly like that. Yeah, I'm going stage by stage of what I just said earlier. Empowerment part, right? One of the main aspects of a Metroid game, the collectibles, right? You are going all around these worlds, these space stations, whatever, collecting up energy tanks, missiles, super missiles, bombs, and different upgrades to your suits, making yourself feel more and more and more powerful. And throughout the end, while you get to the end, while, especially when you get the screw attack, you feel like an unstoppable force that cannot be reckoned with until you get to the boss of the game, which is actually pretty hard. Not gonna lie. Especially Metroid 2. Oh my god. But then that leads to triumph. Once you beat that boss, once you get through the final self-destruct sequence, you, you've done it. You have proven yourself to be the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. And not to mention, Samus Aran herself... Is um, living proof of um, empowerment for women.
0: Ooh, can I talk about sense. this part? I want to talk yeah. about this part. go ahead. Right. So uh, the the Metroid peoples the people who are making this game. So they started out. They're like, hey, people like the Mario. People like the Zelda, what if we put them together? And that's how you get the first Metroid game, right? And everybody loves it, because it's, it's a platformer, but it's also a puzzle game, and it's also this, like, collect power-ups to get better and kill bad guys game. And it's, just, it's got a great environmental storytelling. Uh, and then, the but like, what, what also really set it apart was uh, as they're kind of making the character, one of the people, one of the people who was making the game, was just like, "Yo, why no- wouldn't it be cool? If she's a girl." And everyone's like, "Yeah, that would be cool." And then, boom, she's a girl. But like, also, it's sick though because it's uh, they they constantly tried uh, when making the character, doing all the stuff to express her (laughs) femininity without uh, sexually objectifying her, which is absolutely perfect, especially for one of the first female characters. And, uh, frickin' Games Games Daily, or Game Daily, sorry, uh, around uh, 2009 was even like, yo, now that we're looking back at this character, she's like the first dominant fem- uh, female, the first, uh, femme fatale that didn't rely on a man to save her sort of archetype character in video games, which was like, it was, it was just like at the time, which was like, what, 1986 or whenever That was like, that was really new. And also at a time in which, you know, all, all media was just, when it came to, ter- inter- when it came to terms with action stuff, was just your male protagonist hmm. taking down a bunch of dudes i mean take 80s 70s or yeah 80s movies some 90s movies as an example of that um there's there's very little female representation and then metroid came along and was just like yeah we made this a, a character a girl because well you know girls can do this too and then everyone's like good job and i'm with tell nintendo too good job they deserve a lot of good jobs
1: and you think of all the um, strong female characters in video games now, like Ellie from The Last of Us, and I could go on, but Samus is really the, the grandmother of all that, right? She, is she like the first ever female protagonist?
2: Uh, she is definitely one of the first to... I, I don't know if she is the first, i am I'm not too sure, thinking back on NES titles um she might I be know. she might be at least she is definitely an icon 100%. she's definitely the
0: biggest definitely oh, the yeah. biggest of them so and also biggest and earliest so that that's why i say like she she's the most like she's she's the first dominant one as game daily said. yeah uh and then like she's also just like she's just, just like not a lot of other popular people who made games had even thought of that which is sad (laughs) so uh yeah it's pretty sick and also it's not it's not that just that she's a female protagonist but she's also like one who fends yeah she basically she fends for himself she fends for herself uh she gets the job done and all this does it impressively well and it's really difficult jobs and it's like dope she's sick
2: She has saved the galaxy multiple times, you know, just by herself again, by herself saying, saying this, comparing this to like a lot of other Nintendo characters, for example, they, a lot of other characters or in other games get help, uh, in some one way or another, right? I guess you can argue in Metroid, they, she gets help from the Chozo, but, uh, She was trained by the Chozo, and she uses her skills to then triumph whatever obstacle she's going through. Yeah, she finds more power-ups, but those were already there. She doesn't get help from another being specifically, unlike, you know, Link who, for example, at the end of most games, when fighting Ganon, Ganondorf, he gets help from Zelda. Mario, you know, there's a player too, there's Toad's. Luigi, Toads, Yoshi, even, for example, you know.
1: She doesn't even have a Yoshi. She doesn't. Have, she doesn't
2: need a Yoshi,
0: bro. <laughs> hey, she does have her little baby Metroid that she gets oh. after one of the games, which
2: oh my is God. like yeah, her that's, little buddy. That's Metroid Two, uh, where you know, at the end of it, she finds his little baby Metroid, and and it prints on her. So, she kind of breaks protocol, and she uh, gives this baby Metroid to the Galactic Federation for them to study and stuff. And then it leads to the whole Super Metroid game, which is honestly one of the best video games of all time. It's basically a perfect game. And Patrick, you should know this, uh, the speedrun community is huge when it comes to Super Metroid. You know, uh, you can technically beat this game in under an hour and 30, two hours, you know? even there are oh. randomizers for this game specifically you know it's it's huge super metroid by itself
0: it, it's it's a cool speedrun cuz it's a lot of like specific memorization like little bomb blocks and uh stuff like that and it's also just like it's fast it's 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 not like a faster speedrun in terms of time but like fast in terms of like how quickly you're progressing through the game and moving through different yeah. parts like you have to really memorize every little thing, or at least just have it as a habit. Which is what it's—it's pretty cool speed run to
1: watch. I'm definitely gonna have to check out those speed runs. Those oh sound man, really there cool. There are
2: a lot of crazy uh, sequence-breaking stuff they can do early on in the game and stuff like that. And this is just for Metroid. Um, excuse me, Super Metroid. You know, this is not including uh, Metroid Fusion, which is my personal favorite Metroid game of all time and stuff, you know? But speaking of Metroids, uh, we can't talk about Metroid and not mention the actual uh, Metroids themselves.
0: Alright, so yeah. let's get into it, right? You got these tiny little... well, they, what they started out as, you know, the the one you see the most in the game. You got your little juvenile Metroids. Now, what makes these things threatening, Jared?
2: from the start as soon as they hatch right they are able to to uh suck up life energy from other beings and just a little fun fact they are made created by the chozo who also created and trained samus and her uh suit and who also took her in as a daughter because she was orphaned but yeah uh the metroid's no. very scary they can suck the life force out of anything in just their baby stage
1: right are they in just their baby stage since they're like the titular aspect of those games is there a metroid in every metroid game
2: in one yes. way or another yes oh, nice
0: and then so you know you you got your little ba- juvenile metroids they're doing their thing But then, you know, they get a little older. They molt or uh, they grow and then they molt uh, because they grow the more energy they consume. And then finally, they're like, I've had enough. It's time to go into phase two and they become alpha Metroids. Now, what's scary about alpha Metroids, you know, as big as they are, they don't want to latch onto you and suck your energy. They'd rather force you into submission by ramming into you over and over again. So they basically become, like, charged creatures, or they're just running at you.
2: That is very true. Um, the whole metamorphosis of Metroids is kind of similar to Caterpillars,
1: <laughs> you know? I don't think they're as pretty as, ca- as butterflies, but... Uh, they... they are not. Well, well,
0: imagine a Caterpillar, but with six f- uh, phases, because we're getting into Phase 3, the Gamma oh, Metroids. So you basically have this Alpha Metroid which its whole thing is that it's charging into you to like knock you out so then it can feed on your energy, right? Ex- now you got the Gamma Metroid which does the same thing except it also shoots electricity. That doesn't sound fun. It
1: Does not it's sound not. fun. Oh my
2: god, playing Metroid, playing Metroid 2, Samus Returns and Return of Samus, which by the way I have 100 completed both. Um they are not fun to deal with the first time. They are very they're they're a nuisance. To say the least.
0: As nuisance as they are, eventually they need to grow more. So when they leave the Gamma stage, they decide you know what I need? I need legs. Mm-hmm. And they develop legs and become bipedal charging creatures again. That's right. Now that they've grown legs, they decide they still need to run into you. <laughs> uh, they also have little projectiles that they shoot too. So basically like little or orga- like little i don't even know what the projectiles are but but they're shooting you with something yeah and it hurts these are
2: omega zeta metroids right
0: uh these are zeta, zeta yeah they take take samus 20 missiles to kill one of them
2: dude it's they're they're honestly very difficult to deal with <laughs> uh even throughout uh, return of samus they they keep showing up and they're still there are no pushovers that's for sure
0: Oh, yeah, but they're not even the highest up on the aging chain, right? No, they're not. Because then we got the Omega Metroids. Oh, my God. Big boys, right? This is a big monster-looking dude. They ram. Mm -hmm. They slash with claws, because now they got claws. They shoot energy bursts. There's only five of them in the Metroid games. Uh, Four in, in one game, or four on... SR388 that were protecting a queen Metroid, and then another one later on at a research station.
2: Yeah, that's Metroid 2 uh, and then Metroid Fusion.
0: But, yeah, and then lastly, of course, the big boss. We got the queen, Metroid. Oh my god, I uh, hate
2: her so much. Uh, it took me so many tries to f- kill that thing in Metroid 2.
0: Oh my god. She sucks. Yeah, it extended It extends its neck to bite, release burst energy, uh, spawns all juvenile Metroids, and then also just, you know, as as any queen of any species does, make the babies. Like ants, yeah. Uh, Make all the babies. Yeah. So they're basically like insects, except big and can fly sometimes, Uh, which is weird that they can fly up until... They're older, which they decide they don't need to fly anymore, I guess.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, they're big, giant, scary monsters. Because
1: walking is much more effective than flying. I guess. Is that? Yeah.
2: And you don't know what's the most badass way to take down a queen Metroid? You climb. I mean, yeah, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) You turn into a morph ball. You get eaten by it. And then you unleash a, a power bomb within its stomach. You do that two to three times within the entire Metroid series. And OMG, most satisfying, most coolest thing
0: ever. Does it explode? Oh, yeah. oh yeah.
2: Especially in Return
0: of I
1: Samus. I can they have that in a Nintendo game. I'd expect that from, like, Doom or Wolfenstein.
2: Real talk. Real talk, Metroid is one of the most, or not the most, one of the um, more uh, mature games for Nintendo. You know, for for one of the pillar Nintendo games, right, this is definitely one of the most mature ones in this uh, mature series.
1: I can see that. Without a That's doubt. It's one of the True. few first-person ones. And...
2: Oh my God, Metroid Prime!
0: I mean, depends on the type of mature, right? Because Xenoblade Chronicles Two, I would say, has its own type of maturity. Oh, well, that's if you get what I'm getting at. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Samus also has its own type of maturity. So different lo- different types. Yeah. But yeah, it's, de- it's definitely a mature also, it's level Really,
1: game. I mean, it's even really dark. Like, I've only really played Metroid. Prime and a very small amount of the first one, but it's just the environment is really dark and scary, mm-hmm. at least for like the, the bad guy section, the bad guy planet, if you will. It's really, I'd not expect it to be a Nintendo game when small me. You mean Zebus? I don't, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know the names of these things. I just, listen, you drop me off in somewhere in space and I'll shoot them. I won't ask questions. Okay.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> in in the Prime games, I like constantly felt the desire to stealth just because, any, at any point in a game where I'm feeling like things are like I'm a little uncomfortable, my first instinct is to get more comfortable mm. by stealthing. But you can't stealth in, in Metroid. Man. Samus doesn't stealth. So, like, I'm sitting there just like walking through doorways, immediately checking every corner when I know. Nintendo's not like that; they don't hide things around corners. But it's just in su- uh, in Prime, I felt a little spooked in some of the parts. Definitely didn't want to die, especially when you're low on resources. Ooh boy, it gets spooky. See,
2: there you go. That's the Prime example. Mm. How, get it? Prime example of of you know what I was talking ha! about earlier. Uh, the whole isolation, the anxiety, the fear, but yet the fun, the um, the righteousness, the awesomeness type of power you have eventually like you definitely start off any metroid game being very cautious being very fearful at first you know taking your time taking it easy but then once you get enough abilities enough power you 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 just blast through everything in your path you know that's exactly what i'm talking about and again metroid prime being the first game in the metroid series to be um first person what an amazing job it did the only downside is the amount of scanning you have to do for 100 completion and you have to scan literally everything that's like the only downside but it's honestly not that bad but it is very tedious
0: well also like the it's it's a bit of, of a clunky first person because of how like it it's not like the modern first person controls. Well, are you talking about the
2: GameCube like, version or the Wii version?
0: Uh GameCube.
2: Okay, there you go. But when it came out for the Wii, totally better in my opinion.
0: Okay. Uh but for uh the old Prime games, they do have some some control uh first person Issues also the GameCube controller was never a good controller for <laughs> uh, first person games in the first place. I feel yeah, that's totally fair, but um, but uh, it's still a fun game, uh, just be a little difficult to aim, kind of like this, kind of similar to how difficult it is to aim in like Luigi's Mansion. Although Luigi's Mansion, you kind of don't really need or like, your aim too much, <laughs> or unlike
2: Resident Evil 4, yeah, yeah, but for the Wii, you know, you're the actual. Wii remote acts as your arm cannon. Oh,
1: that's cool! By that's the really
2: way, cool. Yeah, if you if you I point and shoot, cool, actually, you know yeah. your your actual arm is the arm cannon. Technically, it's that that's what makes the whole immersion of Metroid Prime, you know, that series better. When uh, when it ported to the Wii, oh my god! Uh, I still need to play through all three of them. I do know about all three, but I personally am like halfway through one, and um. I don't know if you guys know this, but there is a Metroid Prime
0: 4 Ooh. on the way. Oh, yeah. They announced it, what, a year ago? Two, e- two years ago? So
2: about two years ago. Or two, three years ago. Um,
0: but It's kind of just one of those announcement trailers where they just show uh, the name. The title, yeah. Just it. like with
2: Bayonetta 3. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: they they didn't even have a release date. Yeah, so I'm not really too hopeful, but I'm excited, but not really
2: same thing that excited. Same thing for Metroid Prime Four. We don't know when it's coming. All we know is that it's in development. And to make things worse slash better, two years ago, uh, they announced that um, Nintendo wasn't satisfied with the progress they were making in Metroid Prime Four at the time, so they decided to scrap all of it, restart from the beginning. But also including uh, Retro Studios, the one who worked on the original Metroid Prime's. So uh, I'm, I have a feeling that Metroid Prime Four is going to be better. So than-
1: the future's looking bright for uh, Samus.
0: Hopefully, because I haven't been too excited with Nintendo recently. That's fair. They haven't. They haven't quite been. They They've been experimenting, which I don't blame them for. But they They it seems like they're backtracking. So hopefully Metroid, uh, hopefully Prime 4 is, like, one of those games that stick out.
2: Hey, backtracking's, like, part of the spirit of Metroid. You Sometimes you gotta take two steps back to take that one step forward.
1: Mm-hmm. That's not a good business model. Yes and That's no. not a good business model, my friend. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs>
2: you
1: know I'll what just, I
0: mean, though. I'll just say yes and no. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know what I mean. So, like, it, but Samus is a bounty hunter, do we ever see her get paid? Cause okay, yes. good. Cause I thought she was one of those bounty hunters that just saves the universe for free, and that's lame. You got to make some change. Nah, I wouldn't do it for. I better. I better get a pretty big check if I'm saving the galaxy.
2: How do you think she affords the new gunships?
1: Stealing them. Uh, well, yeah, okay. That's one way to do it.
0: <laughs> I mean, nobody nobody ever said she was on the side of the law. She's just a bounty hunter.
2: <laughs> I mean, well, if we're going to go for backstory, she was actually a part of the Galactic Federation, but...
0: Well, yeah. I was just messing. <laughs>
2: All right, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode here on Razzle Dazzle. Make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show and on TikTok at Razzle underscore Dazzle underscore show. Make sure to tune in every Thursday on the Live 365 app Eagle radio station where we are live. Catch you on the next one.
1: So for space pterodactyls.
0: Oh, oh no! Oh, there's one over here! Oh no! Ah!
1: And that was the end of that walk. <laughs> <laughs> All right.